while we were worshiping this morning, uh, I felt the Lord reminded me of a portion of Scripture. And uh, I thought to myself, oh, hang about. <laughs> I'm into another sermon here. Uh, but I think it, God has asked me to add it to what I have to bring this morning. We're sharing our identity in Christ and then asked to speak on chosen. The verse that, that uh, God sort of spoke to my heart this morning was, is in Exodus 19. And it's uh, where the people of God, having come out of Egypt, come to the Mount Sinai. And I felt as I, I just quickly read it as, as we were worshipping and I felt God had some things to say to it, whether it's prophetic or not, I don't know. We'll see as we move along. And Exodus 19, beginning of verse 1, it says, On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day. And that was the first thing that struck me. They had left Egypt three months before on that very day. I want to just feel prophetically, God has his timing. And the timing of God is always bang on. Right? The timing of God is always precise. Uh, Jenny has a clock beside her bedside table. I'm fed up putting it right. You know? I change the batteries, I put it right. It goes wrong, I put it right. Not right, Jenny. Stupid thing. But you know, God's timing is always right. And whatever it is that God has spoken to us about, whether He's spoken about to you individually, but whether it's to us as a people of God, God's timing will be perfect. It just He's the eternal God. He's outside of time, yet He's the best timekeeper in the world. Hallelujah. They came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from... Rephidim, they, they entered the desert at Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. And how I carried you out on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. 
God has brought us out of Egypt, hasn't he? God has brought us out on eagles' wings. He's brought us out of sin. He's brought us out of darkness. He's brought us out of slavery. And he's brought us into freedom. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And when he has brought us, because he had brought us out of slavery into freedom, he says to us, as he has said to the children, you are my treasured possession. Did you know that you are a treasured possession? I want to say to you, Jenny, to me, is my treasured possession. I love her with all my heart. But you know, God says to you this morning, reminds us this morning, that we, His people, are His treasured possession. And because He loves us so much and because He cares for us so much, He says, if you keep my covenant, if you know the words, if you obey my word and what I've said to you, what I've spoken to you, if you obey me, Although the whole world is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That is what God has said we've been chosen for. One of the, the first verse I wanted to verses I wanted to, us to read this morning. It's Ephesians 1, verses 44, verses 4 to 14. Because we're thinking about this morning about being chosen, being God's chosen. You got it up here? Yes, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Talk about timing. Before the very creation of the world, you were in God's heart. Yeah. He says, Linda, Linda, before I even made the world, his name, your name was on his heart. Glow. Your name was on his heart before he even made the world. Do you know his, your name was on the heart of God before he even spoke the first words, spoke the world into being? For he chose us to be in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, hallelujah! The forgiveness of sins. Oh. Oh, it gives me goosebumps. Hallelujah. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us 
With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him, who <coughs> works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked on him with a seal, the, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know, whatever, whatever you've received of the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know, have you received prophecy? Have you received your gift of tongues? Have you whatever you, what have you received in the Holy Spirit? Do you know what? It's only a little bit on account. That's what this is translated as. He's given us a guarantee. It's a little bit on account. So no matter how much you've received of the Holy Spirit, there's more. There's more. And God wants to give us more. And God wants because he has chosen us to receive more. Now some people would say, you know, I, I, it's an old uh, saying that um, someone once said to me, uh, but hang about, I gave my life to Christ, didn't I? Um, I, I, you know, you're saying to me that I was chosen in God before the foundation of the world, but I remember on the 5th of January 1967 in Singapore, Len Garam, I gave my life to Christ. But you're telling me that I was already chosen in God before the creation of the world. How does that happen? How can I be... Uh, how can I make a choice and a decision when the choice and the decision has already been made in the heart of God? Do you hear where I'm coming from? Do you know, someone once explained it to me this many years ago. You probably heard it, so it doesn't really matter. I'll share it again today. Someone said to me, well then, it's like coming to the gates of the kingdom of God. And as you come to the kingdom gates of the kingdom of God. You look up above the gates, and up above the gates there are the words written, Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will may come. That's the gospel message. That's the gospel for the whole We are all redeemed. We have all been redeemed. Whosoever will may come. But when we go through the gate into the kingdom of God, and when we look back at the inside of the gate, above the gate, 
on the inside is chosen in him before the foundation of the world, before the creation of the world. You see, God, our God is an eternal God. He is not blocked in, he's not wrapped up in time. He knows he is before all things. He is in all things and he will be in all things because he is an eternal God. And God wants us to know that he has chosen, you are chosen in him. But one of the things that God did right back in the time when, when we read together that, those words uh, in, uh, in Exodus, it says that God picked out Israel as his chosen people. He said, you are my chosen people. Ah, you know, he said, there are the, the Hittites and there's the Perizzites and all the other parasites, all these nations in the world. But out of all the nations in the world, I have chosen you, Israel, as my very special people. Why did God do that? Why did God do that? Do you know why God chose the people of Israel to be his own? Because he wanted their people who would declare his glory. He wanted a people who would declare that he was the one and only true God. And he wanted them to live in such a way that would declare his glory and would declare his greatness and declare his power and declare his very special uniqueness. See, all the other, all the other nations had their gods. They had their Baals and their Ashtaroths and their, you know, Ra and all that lot in Egypt. They had all their gods. They had all their own ways of living. They had their own sinful ways of living. But God wanted a people for himself who would begin to show that he was different because they were different. They were a different people because of the God they served. And you know, brothers and sisters, that's why we are Christians. We are little Christs. You know that Christian is? I'm a little Christ. I'm a Christian. I, I am a little Christ. As I walk through my life, whether it be making the dinner or doing the washing or walking down the streets or driving my car, and all, I am a little Christ in the world. And people need to know that we are different because of our Christ, because of our God. Because of our God, we are different because we have been chosen to be different. When people say to you, you're a holy Joe, aren't you? You're one of these holy roller people, aren't you? You're one of these... Uh, I had it in the Air Force everywhere I went, you know. You're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them. You know, they, sometimes they didn't say what you just said. You're one of them. 
I said, well, yes, I am, actually. I'm one of them. Why, well, why did they say you're one of them? Because they saw some, I believe, uh, and I give God glory in all of this. <coughs> Hopefully they saw something different in me. They saw the way that Len Garnham used to swear, and, and I mean I had a filthy mouth, but now I never said a bad word. They saw me as, a, as an angry young man, 18, 19, 20 years old, just living my life the way I wanted to, living my life for myself. But now I had changed. Something in me had changed. And that's something that in me that had changed was Christ in me, the hope of glory. And Christ had changed my whole character. He changed my whole way of speaking. He changed my whole way of living. He changed the way I walked and I talked and I lived because He had chosen me before the foundation of the world to be His child and to be His son. I say to you this, it's great to be different. The trouble is, you know, people want to be all, all want to be the same. You know, they want to, they have to be on Twitter or what do they call it now, X or something, whatever it is. Or they need to be on, they need to be in their phone all the time. If now you're on your phone all the time, I, you know, forgive me. But it drives me nuts. <laughs> you're sitting on a bus or you're sitting in an airport or you're sitting on a plane or you're sitting somewhere, you're walking down the street and all you got is... It drives me crazy. They all want to be the same. They'll be different. Put your phone away. Look up and smile and say, Jesus loves you. Get their eyes off their phone and get their eyes onto Jesus. Because you see, we are different. We have been made different. God was a cho- his people were a chosen people to be different from all the nations in the world. They were to be. They were to stand out as different because of God and because of whom they worshipped and whom they loved and whom they served. Now we know what you you know as you read your Bible, you read the Old Testament, and you begin to see that that wasn't always what happened. <laughs> uh, the Israelites, in fact, just after Exodus 19, uh, Moses goes up the mountain. He goes up Mount Sinai. And he gets given the commandments. And he gets, these commandments weren't just for, weren't for Moses, they were for the people. And they were, the people were to be told, you shall have no other gods before me. You shouldn't steal. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't kill. You shouldn't commit murder. But God was making it very clear that he had eternal standards that he wanted his people to live by. And there were many other laws that he brought into effect for his people. 
And you know, while Moses was up the mountain getting all these things that God wanted his people to be, to live like and to be like, what were the people of God doing? They're down, down the bottom of the mountain saying, ah, oh, let's forget, who's that Moses? Oh, let's forget about him. Let's make a calf. Let's make a God for ourselves. Let's make a golden calf. And that's what they did. They made a calf for themselves, a God, another God. And Moses came down, he wasn't too well pleased. And he smashes this, these commandments, these stone tablets. And he begins to tell, he begins to tell them off. And he burns the God and this golden calf in the fire. And you know, even Aaron, who was to become the high priest, even he was led astray by people. You see, there are an awful lot of people out there, brothers and sisters, who are being led astray, who are being deceived, who are, be, who are being, you know, led into all sorts of things, witchcraft, all sorts of different things. And as they're being led astray, you know, it's so easy for us to be caught up with what they do and what they say. Now, we might not get involved in witchcraft and we might not, you know. But, you know, we begin to watch the things they watch on television. And we begin to listen to the things they listen to. And we begin to do the things that they do without even realizing it sometimes. And when God wants us to be different, God wants you to be different. God has brought you out of Egypt for a purpose. God has brought you out of your sin. God has brought you out of your slavery, and He set you free. But He set you free for a purpose. He set you free that you might be a people who are different. A people who know that they have been chosen <coughs> by God. Do you know you've been chosen? Do you know why you've been chosen? Do you know where you're being led to? Do you know what you're a part of? You need to know, brothers and sisters, that God has a special plan and purpose just for you. Because you've been chosen in Him before the creation of the world. And that's amazing. That is totally amazing. Over in 1 Peter chapter 2, Verses 9 and 10. Again, Peter writing, he says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We've already had, gone through that. You know, see how God touches things in the service. Hope you've been listening this morning. 
You are a royal priesthood. And we've been, Malcolm has shared with us this morning, honey. It's not the people at the front who do the work. You've been called as a priest, a priest of God. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Oh, hallelujah that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into <coughs> his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You Once you were nothing, brothers and sisters, but now you are the people of God. Look, there's only what, a couple of dozen of us here this morning in a little building in Norwich, we're not very big. We're not very special. We're not very much of anything, really, are we? Yeah? Uh, I'm glad you know that, sister. Because you are. But you know, we have that mentality very often that because we've got only, there's only a few of us and because we're only in a little place somewhere in the outskirts of Norwich, that somehow we don't really much you know, amount much in a hell, you know, much of anything really. But you know, that God has a purpose. This is God's timing for us. His timing is perfect this morning for us, and He's going to go. I tell you, He's going to do things that are going to amaze us. Now, do you believe that? Why do you believe it? Do you believe it because some idiot like me stands at the front and says so? Or because you know that's what the Word of God teaches? Right? The Word of God teaches us about who we are and what we are. We are special in God. We are to become imitators of Christ in everything we do and say and how we live. We are to be the chosen people of God in this place. And there are chosen people of God in other places in Norwich. And chosen people of God in other places in England. And there are chosen people of God in other places in Ireland and in everywhere else in the nations of the world. Because God has called us as His chosen people to be special. We are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, but now we have received mercy. Oh, praise God for the mercy of God. He knows how to, if anything, God knows how to do anything. He knows how to forgive. And He knows how to cleanse. And He knows how to change. And He knows how to make His beloved into a very, very special people. Brothers and sisters, you are a special, special people in God. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. Keep, will you say that with me? God has chosen me. God has chosen me. God has chosen me. God has chosen me. And he's not just done it because he fancies it, some funny idea. He has a plan and a purpose for you. And he's going to do it. He's going to do it. But he needs all his priests. 
He needs all his priests to stand in his presence. He needs, he needs all his priests to come to the throne of God daily. To come to the throne of God daily on behalf of the people who need him. He needs all his priests to speak the word of God to this one and to that one and to another one and to this colleague and to that brother or that sister or that part of the family. And we, we, he needs us. He needs our words, brothers and sisters. He needs our lives. He needs our uniqueness. We are unique in God because God has made us unique. And He needs our uniqueness. He needs our, our very, very special, special. We are special people. And those people out there that we meet with day after day need to know they're meeting with a people who are somehow, because of God, are very, very different and very, very special. You are chosen, not forsaken. You are who He says you are. That's what we're singing it. You're chosen, not forsaken. You are who He says you are. And God, whatever God has called you to be, and whatever God has called you to do, we need to do it with all our might, with all our hearts, because we are the chosen people of God. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I need to say. But you need to hear it. You need to hear it, brothers and sisters. You are chosen. Do you know it? Do you believe it? Are you going to walk as the chosen people of God? Chosen people of God. I, you know, I want to hear, I want to be talking to somebody or listening to hear, hear we get a conversation on a bus stop someday. And you hear about that funny people in Trolley Street? You hear about that funny bunch of people in Trolley you know, I, I heard the other day that somebody was raised from the dead. Yes. Yeah, that's true. I heard the other day that somebody was absolutely, completely blind. And God received, they received their sight. Now, does that sound stupid? Well, maybe because of a little bunch of, I want to hear that. They're a funny bunch of people in Trory Street. They're a funny bunch, but you know, they were so funny. God seems God's with them. God's with them. God's doing things. God's doing things. And one day you're going to have to get here earlier, brothers and sisters, if you want to get a seat. Yeah? You're going to have to get here early if you want to get a seat. Because that's where God is going. And that's where we're following. Amen? Amen. Amen.